Hello and welcome to episode 417 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And the man who never misses, <laughs> he's our very own dairy milk tray man, it's Tony Esmond. Hello. Dan's in his middle class kitchen, showed us it, isn't it? I, I always mm. try and elicit a laugh with that hello every week. <laughs> oh, yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. No, it, 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 but it's always a joy, Dan. Because you sound like you're on uh, Blue Peter. You're like a Blue Peter. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch yeah. you as a Blue Peter. Yeah. Yeah, presenter. Yeah. It's like, let's go over to Dan in the garden. How are you who's, doing out there, Dan? Who's balls deep in Sarah Green? Where are you up to, Dan? What? what? Oh, I've, what? I forgot. That's Who probably probably last... smashed up the, the Blue Peter garden? That was those footballers. That yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a footballer that smashed it up. They made it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. What? F- oh. That's a very specific reference to a, a UK TV program that the global audience will not get. Yes, it was yes. like a kids' afternoon TV show that did like it was Percy like Throw, wasn't it? Looking all sad. Yeah, it's like a magazine sh- magazine show, and they had a, a, a garden, and basically like some footballers at the time got in and smashed it all up, and it was like a, a tragedy on the program. But uh, they may became like millionaire footballers, didn't they? They were quite yeah. quite famous like, ones, weren't they? Yeah, and they yeah. sort of coughed to it, yeah. But there's uh... but. But from one anyway, tragedy, back to regular. from tragedy yeah, yeah. to celebration. And speaking of global, it's quite interesting <laughs> you said that because uh, this week we're going to be talking about a new platform, Global Comics. Mm, yes, um, this is something that just sort of. I mean, we're going to learn more about it. But Dan, you you brought this to our attention. How long has this been sort of on your radar? A little while. Someone uh, it kept on popping up on Twitter, and I saw these great titles like popping up at Global Comics, and I, I looked and. A couple of weeks ago, I uh, recommended Steamroller Man, and that yeah. title mm. is hosted on Global Comics. And ah, oh, uh, right, I didn't so realise like, that. Yeah, okay. so I was like, oh yeah, wow, yeah. look, you can buy, read it on there, you can buy the digital, you can buy the physical on there, and then from there, I was like, oh, I've got to find out more about it. So got in touch with him and uh, thanks for Melissa to, to putting us in on. contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got. Um, I'm going to be all over that. By the way, you wait to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm bang yeah. on that. There was just one moment where I went, oh right, fuck, yeah, I need this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, as always, this show is about discovering new things and sh- showing, well, not showing because it's an audio medium, but letting you know about new uh, comics platforms, mediums to check out. Mm. And uh, seriously, if you don't know about this, because I didn't, but then again, I've got my head in the sand like an ostrich. Um, but I am totally, I've already lined up a load of books I'm going to be reading. So, um, I read that- one today. Read a great oh, one today. Yeah, I've Silver Sprocket books. They're on there. Yeah, nice, yeah, that's good. nice. Do you know where else you can find a great selection of independent comics? Comic, comic House. Ah, oh, lovely sponsors, Comic House. Yes. To Pete and the gang who sponsored this show, thank you as always. And those who don't know what Comic House is, they are an indie comic marketplace that loves indie comics as much as we do, and as much as you do if you're listening to this show. I don't know why, whenever I do this ad, I physically point. This isn't a video show, but I'm actually yeah. sort of acting it out. I can't see I get, you. I get really into it. I know we turn the cameras off because we put each other off. Oh, dear. <laughs> there is a, a new comic on the app that I'd like to uh, highlight. What? On the oh, app? Okay. The app? Yeah. What, Comic House has an app? Yes, and it's Viper Crimson Dawn. Yay. And the Viper team stop a serious ter- terrorist attack launched at the heart of LA. Find out in this 60-page comic, Viper Crimson Dawn. I've got a question for you, Dan, around Crimson Dawn. And Viper, is, basically, is is that, <laughs> is that a continuation of an actual TV series? Well, there's a TV series made in the 90s, but set in the 80s. And I, I took I took the, the whole premise and then basically just redid it as the comic. So, 
So, yeah. All I'll go. say, if you're going to review comics, do a bit of fucking research. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> does stop you bit. making you look yeah. like a bit of a tit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, too, you don't look a tit if you've got your comics on Comic House. Exactly. So, you know, they. On comichouse.com, there's a huge database of comics on there. You can look through and find out more about the craze, etc. But basically, the app is like Netflix for comics subscription service, which you'll hear a bit more about subscription services a bit later. For only £3 a month, you get access to Viper, Crimson Dawn, and so much more. There's a 14-day free trial. So to find out more, go to comichouse.com. And thank you to them, as always, for sponsoring the show. This mad, crazy show... Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we, we're doing uh, submarine jokes this week. Which I'll, I'll wait till after the interview before I do. What do you mean, do submarine after, well. jokes this week? Yeah, you know, it's been non stop fucking submarine jokes all the fucking yeah, time. Yeah, hasn't it? Oh, what? Yeah. On, but on this show, no. Because no. Th- this in no way is a show that dates itself. <laughs> I thought they've moved. I thought everyone stopped being an, an expert on submarines and moved on to being an expert on um, Belarus now. Yeah, that yeah well, I, I shifted yeah. like almost overnight with my expertise from. Uh, submersible vehicles to uh, Eastern European. Enough of this nonsense, folks. You want to learn about some comics, and to be honest, I'm going to get a good opportunity for people who've got comics. Exactly. Well. Yes. Exactly. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to we're going to review some comics. We're going to shout out some stuff and probably talk a load of nonsense on the other side of this. But first, here is our chat with Chris Carter of Global Comics. <laughs> Right, as you know, listeners, we're all about indie comics and finding out about all those people, networks, and more who are spotlighting this side of the medium we love, because we love just discovering new things as well, which is what this partly this show's all about. Well, I tell my wife, she doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but some, something new came onto our radar, and of course, we wanted to find out more about it, and therefore, feed that onto you lovely people who love comics. Uh, we discovered something called Global Comics, and this week we've invited one of the minds behind the comic platform, Christopher Carter, to join us. Welcome to the show, Christopher. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. <laughs> I, love, I, I love it when people say, thanks, it's great to be here. Like We've got a studio and everything's really professional. <laughs> also, also, it's nice to have an American on, because most English people go, yep. <laughs> i'm gonna to need to disappoint you on that one i'm actually norwegian originally oh cool <laughs> nice one good <laughs> tony's impressed within the first yeah. 30 seconds like well, it's a good country yeah yeah, yeah. I, and i, I want to go there because it's significantly cooler than here <laughs> I, I did put a foot wrong when i said you were in, were you into comics but uh, i presume you would have been <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah uh my bad uh, did, did he want to tell us a bit about kind of global comics and like how it got started but first off sort of like yourself and how you got into comics sure um so i'm christopher and um i don't know how did i get into comics it, I, I think it just started with cartoons when i was a kid like way back and then i got into reading and i started with a bunch of books and at some point my mom introduced me to her um her older donald duck collection Oh, okay. 1560s, 70s, 80s, etc. Um, and um, I went from there, and I got into Asterix, and I was collected all of the, you know, the, the long form Asterix stories that had come out. Um, I think somewhere around age 16 or 17, I got introduced to Spawn, and that was kind of the first American comic that I that I gotten into. 
And this is all in Norwegian, I'm guessing, Chris, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was living in Norway at the time, and I I actually stayed in Norway until I was 24. Okay. Uh, So, you know, I I did all of that, and then at some point I started moving around different places. I I went to Germany for six months. I lived in San Francisco for a year, and then I spent three and a half years in in Versailles in um, France. And... um, turns out that comics is a fantastic medium for learning language. So when I moved to France, speaking not even a single word of that, word of French, um, comics and learning how to have conversations and all these things. Um, that's also when I realized I cared about online was exceptionally hard as you were going from country to country. So. What's the comic scene like in the different countries? So, like, when you kind of got your first spawn in Norway, what would you find a comic shop? You'd have to excuse the ignorance here, because I've uh, I've no idea what what comic shops are like in in Norway and other parts of uh, Europe. I mean, there are comic shops, but that's not where I found it. We found it okay. at the market in the magazine rack, and you know, these things would come out weekly in the case of Donald, and monthly in the case of Spawn. I think it was. Um, and so it, it wasn't so much that I need to go and seek it out as more, more as it was in my face whenever I bought a chocolate or, you know, whatever. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I, miss, I miss those days where comics were just right there whenever you were getting like your chocolate bars or anything. Oh, I miss that. Yeah. It still is like that in Norway, actually. I, I go back home and there's a couple of things that I always pick up every time I'm there. And it's always in the supermarket everywhere. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I've got no experience in Norway, but I have the Stockholm I found to be the same. Yeah, there would seem to be comics by the till and stuff when I was there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of led to the point where you kind of thought, well, I, I'm going to start a platform or be part of a platform in helping kind of get comics to the masses? Well, it was around the mid-aughts that I got into Japanese anime and manga. And... Um, there, it, it was just impossible to get at all localized. Mm. Like the the lead time on the stories was eighteen to twenty four months on the supply chain worldwide. If it was even available in your local place, yeah. and online, it just simply wasn't there. Um, and so I, I, you know, participated in some um, translation communities online, and I mm. saw that this was a there was a very big interest for it, and there was a very big need for. A problem that the publishers themselves in Japan weren't actually trying to solve. Um, I didn't at the time have enough experience to know what to do with with building a startup and, and you know even writing code at that point. So I, I gave myself a couple of years for uh, you know waiting for the market to get ready and then teaching myself how to do the engineering part and then you know spent about four years as a side project just working on the code base on my own before oh, nice. we put it out okay. live as a, as a beta in 2018. Because the whole manga uh, fan translations was a massive part, I think, of kind of the proliferation of uh, manga into the West because, like you said, the, the, the publisher had no kind of interest in, in doing that whatsoever. I mean, we briefly talked about manga, on, well, we did a month of it on this show. <laughs> That's not brief, but, uh, Dan, so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like it's such a vast subject that is kind yeah. of uh, you can chip away at it for ages and still get nowhere with it. But uh, was was hope the hope of kind of like doing global comics 
enable the, to get those comics into other people's hands around the world? Well, back then with that community, we did reach out to the publishers and um, myself and two friends that were working on that community got invited over to the head offices of Shueisha in Tokyo. Wow, okay. Uh, that was that was an experience, I guess you could say. <laughs> because here you had you know, three um, mid-twenties white guys from the internet that showed up in the senior executive boardroom for the biggest publisher in Japan. And um, on one side of the table was the, the senior executives and the legal team, and they really hated us. Uh, because <laughs> white guys from the internet working on their stuff without permission. Uh, <laughs> we had the marketing team on the other side of the table, and the marketing teams were all very cognizant and you know admitted to the fact that we were definitely helping them with brand awareness and spreading yeah. interest in their brands and their stories um, and you know in their magazines. So uh, the end of that conversation was basically we're not interested in working with y'all because of your background. Um, and we said to them, okay, well, if you'd like us to stop, you know, you don't need to send us a season desist or anything like that. Just ask us and we'll stop. Um, yeah. And it took another 14 months or so. And then they asked and then we stopped. And that was that. Uh, <laughs> it was later that Global Comics came around as a solution to that background history. It's amazing. Cause you're doing that out of the love of the medium and the comics and the stories and the characters and uh, I presume, I presumably weren't profiting off it. Uh, I guess there are sites that do that, but uh, there was massive amounts of interest. So yeah, for, fair play. So yeah, kind of like you thought, right? We're, we're far out global comics. I've got to say, it kind of came on my radar a little while ago, but there was a lot of platforms jumping up and then disappearing. But this is one that sort yeah. of standed the, the kind of the test of time. And when you look on it, it's an absolute wealth of titles. Uh, on the platform how, how did that first go when you first started did he what kind of titles were added first off well <laughs> so it, it's funny you say that right because the biggest problem with every other platform that has come in is that they followed this same premise hmm. they start a thing they build something that is kind of halfway there from a product market fit they go and raise a bunch of money then they burn through that money in the course of a year and a half and then they run out of business. That's happened almost with every single platform that's come throughout the 2010s and so on. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of, we took a different approach. We uh, really geared up and, and relaunched the platform at the, the end of 2019. Um, I got my first angel funding from uh, the, actually my, my former boss from the job that I had right before, uh, put in a little bit of money. And so we we kind of you know just started reaching out to creators and reaching out to publishers, and we realized very quickly that um, getting people to jump on board was going to take a very long time, a long arduous process. Right. So rather than increase spend, we we did everything that we can could to uh, to make sure that we spent as little money as absolutely possible just extending the amount of time that we had to reach out to people, build a reputation, um, make sure that we we're developing the product and, and, and tandem with the goals and aspirations of the creator base and the publishers themselves. So that at some point we figured there's a critical mass moment where we would have enough 
um, stories, have enough publishers, have enough creators on the platform to where we could really start accelerating and uh, focus on building out a reader application, which is why we've waited until now, really, with even starting to build that mobile application that we're about to launch. Um, nice. Because the worst thing you can have as a consumer with these platforms, right, is you download this thing, you have high hopes, and you get into the platform, and then there's nothing there. Hmm. You know, yeah. You, whatever you, you look at it a few times there. and you never go back almost. Yeah. 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 Mm. So we, we want, wanted to make sure that when we really made the big push for getting in front of readers, it was with um, a big enough catalog to keep people interested and keep people coming back. So people would be able to go on the site, buy a, a, a single issue if they wish, and then that would be downloaded to the app. Well, it's not so much that you even need to buy the single issue. It's a single payer subscription. Think of it kind of gotcha. like Netflix. Um, Netflix or Spotify. Although I should say that the revenue distribution does not function in the same way as either of them. Um, Spotify <laughs> will, will pull everything and then divvy up based on some some calculation algorithm yeah yeah whereas um what we do with each individual subscription is we split it only amongst owners of the stories that people have read during their subscription period um that accomplishes two things one it really kind of incentivizes um creators and publishers to bring folks on on their own because mm. generally speaking what happens is um, whoever brings them on ends up getting the lion's share of subscription just by virtue of Oh, this is cool. Let me read everything that's here. Um, and the other thing that it accomplishes is that it becomes a very fair distribution mechanism. So that even if you are a really small, small creator, if you can put up enough, put out enough story for folks to keep reading your stuff, um, you can make a decent buck off of it. And that that kind of also informed the the web based subscription price, right? Like. How yeah. do we make sure that there's enough money in that pool to go around? Okay. I mean, that, make, that makes sense rather than, like, say, a bar where all the tips go into a pot and one server doesn't have to be particularly good and one that is, they, they get the same split. It's good that it's the fact it's rewarded on the, the quality of the comic they're, they're producing. So that, that's, that seems like the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was the only way to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, Free market, no? Yeah. It, it also gave me the opportunity to um, provide real-time, transparent analytics for the creators and publishers on how much money are they making and where did it come from, uh, all the way through to the analytics, right? So with our platform, you can do things like tag a, a link that you're posting on Twitter, for example, uh, and see how much revenue that tweet may have gotten you if folks come in and start reading the stuff that is paywalled. Ah, interesting. I, I've been looking through the, the catalog. There's a couple of titles here that, uh, well, Nick Bryan from doing the Death of a Necromancer. Uh, we should oh, okay. know that one. Nick's on there, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a couple here I've seen, uh, but there's a lot of titles that I haven't. It's, it's kind of, there's so many small press and indie comics that mm. you, you just don't get to see because there's such a wealth of them. And obviously having global comics, that's a good shot window into these kind of titles. Stuff that wouldn't make you on Scomitology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, Chris, the, the thing here is, the, the, you know, the big elephant in the room is I'm saying you you timed this. I don't know whether you did it on purpose or it was just a piece of luck to coincide with a lot of the perceived failings of comicsology. I mean, the 
we if we, we've done a couple of episodes where people have like just moaned about how lack of interaction. You can say you can say me. You can say me. Well, and me. Where we've all sort of like moaned about how it's sort of it used to be a fun place to go and find comics and easy to find, but it's kind of broken. Not now, isn't it? And, and with yeah. with the rise of something like yours, I'm not saying you're the only one, but people seem to be sort of stepping up to take its place almost. Is that something you planned into your marketing and all that sort of thing, or? Well, yes and no. Right. So I, I think the fact that um, what's happened over the last year and a half with somewhat of an implosion coming from comicsology, mm-hmm. uh, that couldn't be planned for or necessarily properly predicted on what kind of time frame. Yeah. However, um, when... There's got to be a carpe diem aspect to that, though, surely, you know? Well, when we started, we kind of, we looked at where is the market saturated? Um, and if you look at Vertical Scroll Comics, it was saturated already back in 2020 with webtoons and tapas. If you were looking yeah. for manga stories, it was already saturated with a bunch of piracy websites, but also, you know, the the Manga Plus and the Shonen Jump app and the yeah. Biz app and the so on and so forth. Um, and when we spoke with the creators and publishers across all of these segments of comic creation, it turns out that um, the the ones that were having the biggest problems with publishing, with with getting readers, with getting their books online, etc., were all the people who were actually using Comicsology. And an example of this would be, you know, if, if you're a smaller publisher back then you could have potentially a four to five month lead time from uploading the PDF to Comixology before it could even go live. Mm-hmm. And when we went to C2E2 in 2020, this last convention that happened before the, the COVID lockdown, mm-hmm. and walked up to these publishers' booths and, and brought her phone and just showed them, I'm going to drag a PDF on my phone and I'll publish a book in two minutes or less, that was the moment where we were like, oh, wow, we're really onto something here with um, solving problems and making things easier for the folks rather than just being an alternative. Yeah. Also, the, the big the big one is um, in-app purchases, which um, a lot of people can't do with Comixology. You know, you can't yeah, do it on an app. Yeah, terrible, terrible user experience decision. Yeah. <laughs> it was, when yeah. it just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Terrible. Save me a few quid, Chris. But yeah, I know, oh, yeah, I've saved yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. like we said I just don't even browse the titles on Amazon now. Just don't do it unless I'm I'm going there to to get something I know I want. Mm. I don't think oh I'll have a look and see what comics are out there. Right today, it yeah. used to be a weekly thing with us going on Comicsology and doing like a cover pick. We pick four covers and tweets and look these covers look great. But that's just no, ain't gonna happen. I think the same with all the most of our titles. If we put them on Comicsology and they swapped over to uh, the Amazon Kindle. We lost a lot of Yeah, yeah. I didn't bother trying to get my head around changing it. So that was the point. The, the sales for us weren't even worth the time. No, nah, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. So who, who have you got covered, Chris? Who's who, you know, who, what sort of companies? I know AWA are on there and um, a few other people, aren't they? Um, who else have you got on there? So I know you've got a lot of small press, but you've got a lot of publishers. I've got some, you know, it, it's really the full spectrum. There's yeah. thousands of creators that span indie comics, indie mm-hmm. manga, web comics, these types of things. Um, there's smaller publishers, there's um, European publishers, right? we have uh, folks like Humanoids, um, 
from the UK. I think Marcosia was actually one of the first folks. Um, yeah, I know Harry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fun. Um, so I know you got because I I like to see the fact that you've got like almost like a diversity of cliques in to me. So you've got Silver Sprocket um, on there. But you've also got, you know, your, your typical capes, superhero comics. You've got, like you say, your Bond SNA type type work. But someone mm. to me like Silver Sprocket is a nice example because they're kind of a bit TCAF, aren't they? They're a kind of a bit SPX. They're kind of a bit punk. But they're also on there, which is nice. Mm. That makes sense. Well, that's that. That's how it should be. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I agree, man. That's how a comic shop should be as well. You know, that's how yeah. it should be. Yeah. Mm when you have such a diverse medium and format as comics and the readership is really, really, really on the long tail of interests of what, you know, what tickles their, uh, their imagination. Yeah. Why wouldn't you try and also have a, a really diverse set of stories for those people to find and enjoy and consume? Yeah. Um, and the way you've mixed it up, you've mixed up... Yes free comics with pay for models as well haven't you so there are an awful lot of free comics to go on there yeah you can go on there and read um mm -hmm. well, well yeah, i'll take it that's a different agreement with each company but do you do you suggest to them you know make this first issue of this series free for example or make this graphic novel free or you know how, how's that business dealt with with each publisher and each producer of comics it, it oh, at the end of the day it is up to each publisher um yeah. some publishers are more open to put uh, more things up for free than than others um some of the the bigger folks that are coming on board now with our mobile app launch like image comics and boom and um, nice uh they're the kind that you know two three four issues perfectly fine as an introduction and it also helps the fact that, you know, their series are longer and they have a lot more content to, to open up. But um, see, he, here's how we solve that. Um, on GC, uh, you can set your paywall inside of a single book. And so if you have a 150-page graphic novel, you can potentially set your paywall at page 50 or 67 or, or wherever it is where the biggest cliffhanger is, for example. Um, and you can also, you know, segment it by books or, or by floppies or whatever at the same okay. time. Um, and what we generally find is that if you give about two or three floppies worth of, of content, that's where you get to convert people the best. And um, all of the creators and all the publishers have access to all this information, even visualized for each of their books and against their entire catalog in the analytics section of, of mm -hmm. global content. I think it's interesting you say like the the three issue mark as well. I think that's very true, um, certainly with a lot of indie publishers and creators at the moment. Um, we're at a time where a lot of creators, for instance, you have like from the Department of Truth or something is killing the children or you know all of these sort of titles which are less like wham bam you know big colorful superheroes. They're stories. It's almost like you're watching a show, hmm. and yeah. like those sort of things, by issue three, you're hooked, aren't you? And you, you, yeah, I know, you know with the series whether I'm going to carry on with it. But it'll take, it usually three, takes, yeah. it does take a couple of issues, yeah, it does. doesn't it? First issue's never a certain bet these days. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and the other thing is the, the form factor, right? If you go into a comic star, you get to hold the thing, you can flip through all the pages, and you'll mm. skim through much faster and understand whether or not the art style and, and whatever is for you. Mm. Uh, from a will-I-take-a-chance-on-this-book 
kind of question. When you're on digital, it's all linear. You can't really flick through in the same way. Mm. And so you kind of have to think about um, what is the sample and how do you get people interested in a very different, very different um, mindset because these people are coming in and they have to go through page one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, et cetera, to, to be able to see kind of that artwork at the end of the first issue. Mm. So do you think that's something as a, as a creator, um, obviously you, everyone wants to tell the story that they want to tell, but as like these, like a platform like this and, and like the market is ever changing. Is that something that creators should definitely bear in mind, especially when they're putting their, when their work is exclusively digital, for instance, they should, they should think a little more about that and how it works into the platform itself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, the beauty of doing things in the digital space is that you can get data and analytics on how things are actually performing. Right. Mm. So there's, um, there's a publisher that we were working with that had put some books up, and um, this one series uh, that it had a, a very big drop off on page eighteen of the first on the first floppy. Okay. And so we went in and we looked at that particular page, and it turns out that that page had basically imagine that you have these seven full page rectangles, uh, top to bottom being the same two characters, same art, just lots of text back and forth as a conversation. Uh, interesting. And the speculation is, you know, folks got there and like, okay, this is too much. I can't skim through this. So then they stopped. And then they just okay. didn't read any further. That's uh, interesting, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. So what we did was we reached out to the publisher and we, we um, told them about this. And we, we said, would you be interested in, in maybe uh, rearranging the page a little bit? Let's do an experiment together. And they did. And it turns out, turns out that just kind of cleaning it up and making it a lot less dense and a lot less of the same with a lot of text um, increased the, the page read-through and continuance by like 34% or something like that. Wow. That's almost like editorial yeah. sort of changes, which for the benefit of the book, like almost live as it actually exists. And that's the proper application of data, that is. That's yeah, what I'd like yeah. to talk about, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really useful, isn't it? Mm. Ah, yeah. Okay. That's I was also looking on the site that people can, uh, there's like a, a, you can set up commissions, buy and sell commissions. That's really handy. That's, that's another little avenue of kind of for creators to offer stuff and then join up with other people who want to put it's out It's almost books. got a community feel to it, that, isn't it, in a way? It's definitely, I mean, there's forums as well on the site, so. Oh, Okay. It's, it's definitely intended from a community perspective. Um, Global Comics is not designed to be just a, a comics platform. It's supposed to be a community, but ultimately what we're trying to develop is actually a, a healthy ecosystem inside of mm. the comic industry. And that includes um, answering the questions of uh, how can we help creators be more successful? And mm. The answer to that includes way more than just let me make money off of my books it means how can i find talent how can i offer my services how can i um set up to accept donations how can i make you know pdf sales how all these things and 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 more um goes into the creator's value stream for for um delivering on the expectation of success i yeah. think i think going the community you know treating it like that 
is a perfect way to go, especially with independent Definitely. publishing as well. Because, like you say, it's a community. But and, and we've said it on the show before that, like, especially in the UK, it's a smaller sort of scene. So it's almost like a bubble. And once it gets to a certain point where everyone knows everyone else and we're all buying each other's books, but then that sort of slows down. Hmm. But why don't we just make the bubble bigger? And yeah. then it, it's, it's sort of continually <clears throat> sort of feeding itself, isn't it, or, around the world? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think as well, talking about that uh, analytics that you've got going about, you know, what people read, I could you could probably gauge me. I was reading Fun Girl Tales of Grown Up Nothing today, which is a free <laughs> comic on your site. And um, you could tell that I became more enthusiastic after I saw the page where she said, sorry, I was masturbating. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a good, uh, that's a good free comic to offer, Chris. Very wise. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. You've got, uh, you've got Godslap on there. I've never read that. Yeah, we, um, we reached out to uh, Bad Egg uh, a couple months ago, uh, you know, because it, it's really interesting to us how people come into creating comics. And mm. our benefit is that we, creators can come on board or publishers can come on board without going the traditional route. Godslap was a, a little bit of a special unicorn in that sense, right? Where you, you have this, this creator who has a very, very large and engaged following already, uh, even before the first story came, that were eager to jump onto, onto uh, their comics. And it turns out that, uh, and this wasn't necessarily planned even, but it turns out that getting Godslap on there was actually an inspiration for you know a couple of dozen other creators that came following right after. Because they right. they were like, oh, if if those creators are using this platform, we should be on there too. So just to an insight for people who don't know uh, the creator of Godslap, do you want to give him a, a quick uh, shout out? I know. I don't think I've heard about it. No, I don't know what okay. this is. Creator of Godslap is uh, Charlie or Moist Critical. He's a he's a streamer. Uh, I think on both on Twitch and on YouTube, and he's got a significant multi million person following. Yeah, uh, he does YouTube shows and he, he does uh, a lot of really great video creation and uh, uh, you know picks up stories sometimes as news in interesting ways. Uh, he's a he's a, a very fine person to look for for inspiration and for um, kind of how to do things right uh, if you are on the internet he comes across as really a decent guy with a kind of quite a, a humorous but solid and grounded take on a lot of issues and he does have a big following so he so he had that comic interest in him he's like right, well i'm going to make a comic and he sort of the, the progenitor they created behind it and then he got talent to kind of like bring it to the Bring it to print as it were that's uh okay. fascinating great great little uh you managed to get him on global comics that's a nice nice one and get him to talk about being on there which is always the next step isn't it mm. i guess yeah it's mm. well it's always the trouble for us in the uk when you sort of see a comic and i think well, i wouldn't mind checking it out but then the only option i've got of getting it sometimes is like buying a physical one and the the postage cost just makes it untenable yeah. it's just that's like, where oh we God. live in over here chris is trying to we, a lot of the comics we're after is from your good country or where you live now at the moment and uh <laughs> it's just so expensive to get them over here man you know what yeah. i mean it's like i yeah. mean i mean i can totally empathize right yeah i lived in norway and france and i 
there's for me personally, I just wouldn't be able to afford all of the postage if I wanted yeah. to get yes. everything that I'm interested in. But I think even a bigger problem is I don't think there would be enough space in my house to actually. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's this held up by comics. Yeah. Constant battle. My wife, she started making memories today about getting rid of some stuff. And I was like, get rid of her, mate. Get rid of stuff. I'll get rid of her. Oh, Gina. Do you want me to have a word with her? Well, I had my folks around today and they were saying, my mum was saying, my dad always winds her up. And so he said, yeah, I, I can see where he gets it from. I was like, well, that's not fair. I don't wind you up all day. I said, some of it, I'm asleep. <laughs> Didn't find that amusing. <laughs> and now, now he's uh, he's calling in from uh, a bus stop that he's sleeping in um... with, a, with a ball gag on. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, well, so any, uh, Chris, have you got any favourites on the site that you've really enjoyed reading and watching coming in and anything like that? I mean, my my taste in stories is very eclectic. Um, all the all the better, usually, my friend. All the better. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Usually, when people ask me this question, I like to give an answer that um, is going to surprise most people. Uh, it's a very short story. Uh, it's a story called uh, "Cat, Goat, Dog." I uh, <laughs> where's it, where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there you know, there's a ton else, ton of other things too, but. Um, Really, that story kind of captures my sense of humor in a way that uh, is easy to share. Great, yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, good. And when, what's the what's the rollout schedule for the app then, man? You got the sort of. I mean, um, we're hoping that we'll be rolling out within the next month or so. Because obviously, a lot of a lot of comic reading apps seem to come out in the states, and then um, we have to wait over here for a couple of months for it to reach us. And you know, is there any sort of indications about when we'll be able to get it over here oh i mean global first okay yeah get you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's in our name right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, actually had a, I actually had a question about your name chris because you've it's global comics for those who are looking up comics with an x on the end mm-hmm. was that intentional to go for that sort of underground field at all or is it just an easier term or was it the the, the, the cheaper domain or what what was the reason for that Honestly, there's not a lot of special sauce there. It was Google <laughs> Comics with a C was not available as a domain. Uh, I wondered, yeah. yeah. I got the yeah, X. Yeah. Um, it's also cooler, isn't it? With an X, yeah. is cooler. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it turned out that, you know, this, this um, when I came up with the name, it, it wasn't a long or, or big process. It just, oh, this sounds great. What is the purpose of this? I want all the world's comics to be available to everyone. Global Comics, okay. Nice. So, so if people wanted to kind of get their, their title or uh, think about it, uh, is it relatively straightforward on the site for them to do so? Submit. You can be live with your book in less than five minutes. Wow. There you go. Okay. Wow. You, know, you, you, you go to the website, you click the publish button on the top right. Um, you'd create your creator or publisher profile. Uh, from there, you create your series, uh, create the first book, drag your PDF in. It handles all formatting and resizing and everything for you. Um, once that's done, you can have publish on any of your life. Boom! Wow, wow. that's wow. good. And Jeez, what's the yes. what, what's the payment tiers? If you don't mind me saying, do you know yet or uh, for consumers? Yeah. Oh, it's um, on if you pay on web, it's seven ninety nine as a subscription. We've had that live for maybe a year and a half, maybe two. It's good, buddy, um, man. Yeah. Testing um, and in the app, it will be nine ninety nine. 
trying to offset that Apple tax by um, without you know having the amount of revenue available to creators be diminished only because people come in from a different medium. Yeah, and that's right. dollar. You're talking dollar dollar prices there, yeah. Yes, US dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah cool. Um, mm. I don't remember exactly what the GBP price is, but it's very close yeah. to conversion. It's about a hundred pounds. Yeah. I can see on on the <laughs> website it's <laughs> on the website as well. You've currently got a sale on one year of unlimited reading for sixty nine ninety nine dollars. Is that going to be mm-hmm. available for a while? Uh, I think that expires at the end of this month. Oh, oh, so we need to get on that. Yeah, twenty sixth when this comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. jump it's on it, people. Now, worth the money. I, I'd say the amount of stories already there that you get access to. Um, makes it more than worth it, but then also, you know, with we have about twenty thousand books in the backlog waiting for oh the app as launch partners. Um, so, so who are who are the publishers you've got on there uh, right now? Well, yeah, or, or will be expected to be on there with the launch of the app. If you see what I mean, I'm just trying to to make oh, it juicy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it juicy. So, um, Image and Boom are coming on board. Um, RT is yeah. coming on board. Vault is coming on board. Um, let's see who else. Tokyo popped there from a manga perspective. Um, wow, that's a lot ready. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Then, uh, there's, I think, like fifteen or so more, and I don't remember them off the top of my head. You got Fantagraphics or anyone like that? Drawn a quarterly, those sort of crew, or I don't think Fantagraphics is in that list at this time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way that you're adding comics and publishers, that is only a matter of time. This yeah, is, and uh, some yeah. of the UK publishers, you know, the um, DC Thompson and Rebellion and stuff like that are going to be worth a look, I reckon, too, Chris. Yeah, you that's know. a good shout. Who, I mean, 2008 have always traditionally kept away from Comixology, but they're available on yeah. Kindle over here now. Yeah. So I suspect their, their, mo- their digital model is expanding, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, in all, all seriousness, folks, if you if you go to the website, click on comics, and then just scroll down keep scrolling and there's so much wonderful different stuff from all over you can the tap world. the publisher key yeah. as well can't you on it and it takes yeah. to different publishers yeah 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 it's i mean how did i mean obviously you were prepping all this and then of course the pandemic happened and and changed the game in a lot of different ways how did that affect your planning because when we're doing this show the way we read comics or the way we got comics changed in those couple of years didn't it gents they were you know, we all went mental and bought loads of things <laughs> we were stuck in our houses <laughs> yeah but did but did that sort of experience of you know dealing with something like that did did that shift the way you thought about the platform or what or did you just stay resolute to what you were doing all systems go I mean, I think the way that it impacted us the most was uh, we weren't able to go and meet people face to face. Right. Which is, you know, when things started to open up again, we went to a ton of conventions to meet with the publishers, to speak face to face, and to get to know the humans behind, let them get to know the humans behind global comics itself. Mm. I think um, maybe we would have gotten more publishers on board sooner if we would have been able to meet face to face earlier but at the same time it's it's because we put in that time as kind of as mentioned earlier on that we were able to show that we were going to stick around and that we were fully um, 
intending on living into our promises of, of putting creators first and putting publishers first, uh, you know, and, and then um, building out the platform directly based on user feedback. One of my favorite experiences during that period was going into our Discord chat and having a quick conversation with creators and getting some feedback where they wanted X, Y, or Z functionality and being able to turn that around and six hours later, push the code live and go back to Discord and say, hey, this thing you were asking for is now live. Um, it's a very powerful tool for us to show that we actually do care. And also it's a, it's a way for you to get ongoing feedback, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we could not do it without that two-way conversation. Mm. Yeah, which, as we always say on the show, communication is, is what everyone needs in comics. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be all over this when the app comes out. Too, yeah. yeah, I'm getting I'm, on this. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I actually have, have taken to reading a lot of comics on my desktop as well and just, right okay because you 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 do set your desk for work though didn't you i think yeah. you're not saying you read comics at work but you know yeah. you're doing your lunch hours to me this covers the extra base so i've, I've chris for what i've got is i've got uh shonen jump and comic house which are two we used here and i've mm -hmm. also got the dc and the marvel app so the whole always for my digital reading subscription was image and boom and all those sort of characters so mm. This definitely fills that gap for me where I've got like a ready library of everything I pretty much need to read on my iPad traveling about with me in my gotcha. bag, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. And, you know, the, the best part, th this was one of the biggest reasons why we chose subscription in the first place. Uh, you don't need to rebuy everything that you may have bought elsewhere, right? Like there's no startup cost for you to actually jump back in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You don't have to sort of triple dip because, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking speaking of app, um, if y'all want after the show, uh, you know I, I can hook you up with developer access to the, the dev build. Be, yeah, oh. yeah, some fun. Brilliant man, yeah, that'd be that. fantastic. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. As long as you don't tell anyone that all I read of comics with boobs in. Tony seemed to stop. Tony seemed to stop on this particular page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only to the really yeah. classy stuff. Says Tony. Public. T Tony never got past page four. One with boobs. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> coming back to that day after day, yeah. looking at the same <laughs> um, But for all our lovely creators and listeners who want to find out more about Global Comics, and seriously, folks, definitely check it out. Yes. It sort of came onto our radar like a hand grenade, and I'm, I'm just going to get lost in this like, ever, yeah. ever growing I'm library. Bang, now. I'm going up for this day now. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've already shortlisted a couple that I'm going <laughs> to look at when, once we finish recording. Um, but where can people go to find out more? Or if you're a creator as well, you know, possibly submit their books, etc. So you just simply open up Global Comics with an X dot com in your browser. Um, you can instantly jump into stories by you know, clicking on the cover pages. And if you're a creator, uh, hit the publish section, and you'll be up and running within about five six minutes. Um, cool. It's super, super, super easy to get started, whether you're a creator or a consumer um, or a publisher. And, um, you know, that's our goal. We, we want to make it as easy as possible to, to have the kinds of experiences and read the stories that, that you really care about. Get the user experience out of the way and put the story in front of the person that cares about it. That yeah, nice. Do you have any red lines in relation to any, any sort of um, grading system? A lot of, so, for example, a lot of the comics I make are quite adult. Is there um 
is it is something that needs to be done around that do you have to add a sort of an extra level of whatever onto it or we have uh you know we have this concept of an advisory flag right so nudity and sexual and drugs and whatever um yeah. and we have intended audiences so you know kids and children um teens and then uh 18 plus 18 yeah. plus is still not allow for you know pornographic outright stories Hey, and, and, you know, like genitalia might be okay, too, as long as the story isn't centered around, let's show off genitalia. Gotcha. Okay? Yeah, it's yeah. no close-ups. Gets, yeah, yeah, gets yeah, out yeah. of bed and goes to the shower. There's no need to censor that. Yeah. Um, yeah. From a, from a do we need to do something about it perspective, uh, we will be building a, a 17 and under version of the app, which is essentially just kind of taking the same thing and rescanning it a little bit, applying okay. some, some hard filters so that we can be COPA compliant so that, you know, folks that are younger can come onto the, plat- onto the platform, onto the app, and not necessarily be exposed to things that they shouldn't be. Cool. AKA yeah, ideal. Tony's so, comics. And uh, anything I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, this is all, you're doing amazing work, you guys. Um, uh, so, you know, keep it up. Um, is there anyone, on, where can people find you on social media, etc.? You can find Global Comics on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. It's at Global Comics. And if you're looking for me and you just want to strike up a conversation, uh, you can find me on Twitter, and it'll be at NimlothCQ. Oh. Of course. How do you spell that? That's N-I-M-L-O-T-H-C-Q. Oh, nice. Nimbloth CQ. There you go. There you, go. It, you know, a little fun piece of trivia there. Whenever I say that, people ask me, oh, did you take that from the tree in the Silmarillion with Tolkien? Actually, no, I did not. I just kind of made up the name, and then it turned out that that was actually... Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great minds. Jinx. Go follow them, go follow Chris, and find out more. And uh, as always, uh, th- thanks again for joining us, Chris. I mean, yeah, I, man. I, yeah, don't be surprised you. if we call you again going... <clears throat> Uh, can we speak to you again? Because uh, we want to talk about more um, comics. Yeah, I've got. Uh, yeah, plus you'll yeah, get a call from I, me going. How do you drag a PDF? <laughs> I, I would love that. And in fact, there's some major, major, major news that we're about to announce uh, next month, also, which I presume y'all will have an interest in talking about. So. Oh, yeah, nice. Well, stay Good tuned. Stay Keep us updated, tuned, my folks. friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but until then, get excited about that. See, there's a bit, of, a tiny sort nice of exclusive there. Um, to find out more, um, stay tuned to this show. And thank you again for joining us, Chris. Been Thanks, awesome. mate. Thanks, and welcome back. Well, there are so many comics that we now have to read and find out more about. It's all right, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Yes. Thank you, thank you to the Global Comics guys for. He probably used a few of our quotes there in publicity, I reckon. Especially the bit where I said, please don't tell anyone that you bought me looking at boobs. <laughs> that was fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, everyone would know anyway, wouldn't they? Let's face it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Assume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we can safely assume um, that a lot of you lovely people are going to check out that platform. We know we are. So stay tuned for more news about it. Um, yep. But and until then, we've got the rest of the show to do. So do we have any shout-outs, gents? I've got a few. So uh, first one, go to kittiesbordella.com. That's kitty with a Y-S. Kittiesbordella.com. And you can read the titular five-part comic series, The Nazi Party, 
Berlin and an up and an upscale and classy brothel, what else do you need in a comic? Literally that, nothing. That's all I want in a comic. Yeah. Um, Slack member Sam Hardacre uh, asked us to give his local drink and draw a shout. It's on the second of July, seven p.m. onwards at the drink. I think it's called. Sorry, the I think it's called the drink. Yeah, the drink at fifteen Market Square in Hebden Bridge. Hebden Bridge is a is a lovely Yorkshire town. Have you been there, either of you? No. no. I went through there once. Very nice. Um, comics, art, and beer. I'd definitely go if I was near. I've got to tell you. Um, get on the new Absolute Collider releases. You've got Panja Bear by Martha Hopkins, superstar of the comics world. Uh, kind Ants by Kate Dowling and Gareth Hopkins. And then you've got um, Atlas by Andrew Babarak and Gareth Hopkins as well. You can find these comics at grthink, G-R-T-H-I-N-K, grthink.bigcartel.com. And they'll also be tabling at the South London Comic and Zine Fair, which is upcoming. There you go. Oh, and thanks to everyone who came to the Drink and Draw as well. That was Yeah, good. that's, that's a good. Nice little session, that one, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of craft, a lot of talk about comics artists, current and gone by, and yeah, it was a good little chat. I really had fun mm. with that one. And, and I told the milkshake story. And new faces. And new faces are always yeah. welcome. So, yeah, yeah stay We tuned. did have a, a chat about a future community project, which we'll kind of flesh out in the a slack, bit more as we go on, yeah. yeah. I think we're sort of... Uh, DUI 3 is, you know, a long way through being done now. We're almost, mm. you know, we're getting there. Mm. You boys are helping with some lettering, aren't you? I think it's essentially just in the, the production phase, isn't it? Of just yeah. like putting it all together, yeah. getting lettered. We want to get that over the line, and then we'll probably be all over the next project, which is great. Yeah. A nice yeah. bit of energy there about that. Yeah. As well. It's good mm. stuff. Yeah. I th- yeah. The great thing about when you do a community thing like this, or there's a lot of creators, you can turn stuff around relatively quickly because yeah. you can all produce your work quite quickly because there's so many pages and you've got so many creators that's one of the great things get stuff done and out there quick yeah agreed man yeah, rather it's when it's a single creator like myself and it takes like six to eight months to get a fucking book out and you're like but that you work forever Dan you but, churn yeah. out loads of fucking work so I wouldn't worry yeah. about that my friend uh, especially that adaption you do that TV series oh yeah that TV yeah. series adaption is really great well it's set it's in the 90s the fact that you used a photocopied uh, original script was brilliant um <laughs> 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 But don't tell them too much because, like, you know, get in trouble from the well, uh, studio. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They'll want that old. Uh, Taking some liberties back. with some of the IP there, aren't you? Mm, yeah. That geezer on the fucking typewriter. What was that from? You know, when he, if the end of the TV series, he flicks up the paper. Oh, like, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. What was that? No, I can't remember what series <laughs> yeah. that was, but I know who you're talking about. That guy. Yeah, that, that dude. Do you have He's any, off sh- you. Have <laughs> any shout outs? I've got some shout outs. Almost derailed it there. Yeah. Uh, got Boxes no. Comic Magazine, issue one. A brand new comic magazine showcasing new short stories from a range of exciting and interesting indie comic creators. That's uh, needs a bit of help to get to the up uh, over the line, that one. Uh, so do go check that out. There's an absolute wealth of creators on there. You should. Yeah, it looks good, that. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting. We've got Bullet Adventures, issues one to four, superhero action and family dynamics, issue four. That's only got three days to go if you listen to this on uh, Monday the 26th of the 6th. So do go check that one. That's Smash for its goal. And lastly, but not leastly, we've got Sarah Webb, uh, The Knave of Hearts, get issue one to a Comic Con. Help bring my complete comic, Knave of Hearts, a steampunk fantasy featuring a real life uh, esoterica to Comic Cons. Uh, that's coming soon. You can click a notify on launch. Yeah, I've done that. Sarah sent me that this week, actually. I haven't read it yet, to be fair. To oh, Sarah, but I've had a flick through. It looks great. I've yeah. just clicked. It's gone. Uh, uh, I've got that saved in my thing now. So good. Good luck, Sarah. She's relatively new to our community, I believe. And On the Slack, yeah. Yeah. You spin to drink the, a drawer, isn't she? Sure. Yeah. All the better for it. There you go. There you go. Guarantee a few hits, won't you, if, you, if you're in yes. the uh, ACP Slack, I would say. 
Yeah. I almost pretty much back everything that gets posted. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good. Cool. Lovely. So, um, from shout outs to yet more wonderful comics to check out. Um, Tony, you got a couple, haven't you? I have. I've got a couple. So I'm going to start with our old buddy, Jason McNamara. And he's finally, um, I read the first issue of this. So it was a Kickstarter that came out. I think it's four or five issues and he was releasing it in issues and then it came out in the full, the full, um, trade collection. And I decided to leave it until the collection came out. Um, uh, I've got confidence in Jason's skills. So I knew he'd land it. Um, so I read that. I know you've done the same, Vince, haven't you? But you haven't read yeah. it yet. Is that right? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I won't, yeah. I won't, it won't be a massive spoiler thing. Um, script and lettering, Jason McNamara. Covers and interior art, Vincent Gladwick. Additional artists, get this, John he- uh, Hebink, Rashan Ekadale, Tony Talbot, Paige Braddock, Matt Harding, Pete Sakosh, and Nicole Sagel. Um, published by Polite Strangers, LLC. Um, it's somewhere i hate this sort of comparison but i was just giggling to myself because i watched the bed sitting room this week has anyone ever seen that it's the peter cook movie no no no, no i haven't seen that one and it's this sort of you know how everything in the future seems to be one thing or other it's either the matrix or fucking zombies isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah like yeah well this isn't this is somewhere it's, it's somewhere between the bed sitting room and, and a sweet tooth and maybe a rock opera it's it's got a lot of different things in the mix there somewhere and as we all know, the end of the world will be linked to the scourge of technology and how we spend our lives with our faces in the devil's window. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And music may save us all, I think, is also part of it as well. So the story Sven and his cousin, Johanna, um, they've been at sea in a sailing boat when they come across a settlement. They sail under a bridge and uh, come across a settlement uh, of just what is clearly just crazy people. Um, there's, a, there's a person on the bridge who throws a bomb He's called the troll and destroys the boats. They end up swimming to swimming to the settlement and they discover this sort of strange apocalypse cult, I suppose is the best way of describing it. Uh, A man is being executed for being thrown into the river, handcuffed. And there's all this sort of strange mix of rules, no rules, hedonistic society, but a significant, obvious visual lack of electrical devices. And you realize this is part of the sort of post event world now. There's, not really anything. There's something going on with an electrical phone device or something like that, which will cause you downfall. And Joanna meets a guitarist who's playing a soundless cardboard guitar, and she joins in miming, but not miming. It's done strangely. You, you've got to read it to see how much your imagination creates the music, and they they start this sort of band. Sven, um, her cousin, is, is something of a loud mouth, and he's got in trouble by going around the town and just... M- like openly talking about, you know, especially as a parallel current world, isn't it? Nobody can be critical of anything, but he goes around going, that's a load of old rubbish. What are you doing that for? You know, and he ends up eventually um, falling foul and he he's going to be executed. But Joanna decides to challenge the leader, who's a guy wearing a top hat. And so she challenges for a hat. Um, and you for that, you have to give a speech in 55 words or less while standing in a paddling pool. So you can see how crazy this hmm. world is. Now that's significant, isn't it? To give a speech in a bite-size Twitter-esque phraseology. Yeah. You know, it's it's all satire through here. Um it it's really strange. There's there's a lot of themes going on here. Um there's obviously the, the world that is left when this happens. You've got there's there's clearly a theme of insanity, there's clearly a theme of infantilization, um, hedonism prompted by belief. 
belief, a belief of impending destruction, to be fair, you know, this sort of hedonistic, well, we may as well fucking do it. We're all going to die anyway. We, you know, I mean, you know, you know. Um, use of technology is literally killing people. It's a big theme of it. Um, and everything breaks down and sides are chosen and true natures are revealed, which I think is the theme of all good dystopian fiction, isn't it? You know, when everything's broken down, our true faces are revealed in a way, aren't we? Some yeah. choose to attack and steal. Some choose to defend and retreat. You know, there's all this sort of, some some people just choose to look after their family and get away from society. And it, almost like you, you're real, you, you, the reality of yourself is revealed. Um, I, I really did like the odd nature of this book. Um, there's so many little satirical jabs and that comes out from Jason's writing, um, but it doesn't spoon feed you. And you, I like reading something going, Oh, I see what he's doing here. Or, Oh, that's clever. You know, there's, there's that going on. Um, stylistically, I, I followed the progress of this through Jason, um, Jason's updates on Kickstarter. And I think the, I think it's the first two or three issues are done with the regular eyes on the book, um, Vincent Gladwick, but he then, I think there may have been some scheduling, um, unav- unable to get that artist involved in it. So there are some s- people who step up and help Jason out or he gets in to to continue the story. So there are stylistic, uh, and in a way a narrative change because of the style of the art that's, that changes. Um, and the end of it is um, is a number of different artists working on it. But everyone, you, you're aware of everyone, who everyone is. You're aware of all the chess pieces that are falling in. And God bless Jason, he's got it over the line, man, which is what you got to do. You know, he's got this vision for a story. And, and he, even though he had this artist, I think, I'm guessing, because he's very, very, he puts it well. You know, he doesn't drop anyone in it or, you know, slag anyone off. But, he, you know, I think there may have been an issue of someone dropping out. So he's had to get other okay. people involved. So I'm guessing, I mean, we were hoping to find out from him. With yeah. Him, like, so, um, but it's very readable. It's all very readable. The opening start of it has a sort of clean line, very readable, flat colour, use flat colour type thing. Um, the last couple of issues jazz up the art. The art lifts a little bit in a sort of more of an action in a couple of the styles. And there's more, probably I'm going to say more action towards the end of it because um, they they leave where they are and go somewhere else. I won't ruin it for anyone. Um, but yeah, really good. So if you can find it, I'm, it's, it's, I got it on Kickstarter. It's 114 pages four issues in all and it's called ghost band um by jason i guess he's going to probably put it on comiXology let's hope go global comics as Fantastic. well at some point yeah um but yeah i'd really i'd really i think you really should read it it's um fresh like a lot of his stories like what was the monster one he did Not, uh, um with the three the of them the zombie the, old the classic. wolf man and yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, nocturnal was it nocturnal uh, investigation uh, yeah jason I mean, a, sorry we've Sorry, that, was fa- that was such a great book. I love yeah. that. But what did that did is it took something that could have been, you know, genre, very like, heavy, yes, and specific, yeah. and he took it another way. And he's done that with this book. It's a book about a dystopian, you know, the world the world as we know it has changed and ended, and there's a possibly an end coming to the world, you know, which is done in so many fucking boring ways these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, Christ, mate, you've got to turn on the telly or open a walk in a comic shop and you're going to see it again. But this is fresh. And I liked it. And it's got a bit of personality. You can see that Jason's got a love for music. And you can see there's a real rhythm and a personality to it, which I really liked. Yeah. That's my first one, guys. There you go. Nice. What's your one, Dan? I've got a Kickstarter through, which I give a quick shout out to. It's Lava Fists. But my... Oh, yeah. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm read this yet, but it looks good. Yeah. Uh, I've My. Oh, God. What's his name? Aston. Aston. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the, the blurb is it's 1994, and a 14 year old Danny Nevermani 
has 30 minutes to defeat a giant diamond-encrusted rock gorilla and make it to school on time. Can the young lava god save Lower Gorman, Gornal, and avoid detention? Uh, Mike's kind of infused this story with, uh, I'd say, a lot of manga stylings. Yeah, the, I get you. The bit yeah, where he does the uh, exaggerated perspective and foreshortening on the anatomies yeah. really something else. So it really works in a couple of panels. Uh, others, yeah, might need a bit of work, but he's certainly on the way there. Like, what was the comic you did before this? It was all kind of like cyan and pink. Oh, I backed it as well. I'm yeah. on the name, yeah. He, he use, it has an interesting use of colour in this fist yes. one because it's almost like the fist is... It's almost 3D-esque, isn't it? Because he's coloured this lava fist one way and the rest is it's slightly toned down, yeah. isn't it? But he's kind of... The main character sort of coloured, as is the kind of the, 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 the rock god, but not much else is. But then when he goes into kind of like a flashback dream sequence, that's entirely coloured. So obviously the the colours being used here is uh, as a tool to kind of like communicate elements of the story. So I had a really fun time reading that. Uh, cool. So I'm very very pleased to back that one. So uh, go check that one out, Lava Fists uh, by Mike Aston. Nice stuff. Uh, my one is a book we had um, sent to us. Uh, I've got another one as well after this. Oh, Sorry, right. I didn't tell oh, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sandwiched in the middle. I don't know. That sounds a bit weird. No, it's fine. <laughs> well, I I am about to talk about six tales of erotica slasher, dark fantasy, dark wow. comedy, yes. post-apocalyptic horror in black and white and full color. Because um, we got sent through a couple of issues of an anthology series called Epic of Darkness. Um, this is by Michael T. Gonzalez, uh, Rainy Road Media. dot com. Um, is where you can uh, find out about this creator and this is um, it seems to be just a writer honing their craft um, they got the, it's it really is an anthology it has a, a figurehead character on both of the covers and that is the fallen angel character in it um, but elsewhere within it there are various tales of horror um sort of it's, there's a little bit sort of a not not so much tales from the crypt maybe a twilight zoney i got a twilight zoney vibe from from a lot of these things and as well as uh michael gonzalez himself there is a motley crew of uh, uh creators that he's got on board for this both issues i believe were kickstarted or i think the second issue's been kickstarted soon i think okay um but i i read these pretty quickly through both issues and uh there are there are a couple of things i have to say about it one of them okay. um of course anthologies can be a sort of mixed bag up and down um, well, there's never but I, I i can't it's i'm hard pressed to find an anthology that is fucking perfect from no, story to story no no, 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 no yeah it's always yeah, going to be a mixed yeah, bag yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but um one thing that is pretty consistent throughout a lot, a lot of the writing in the, uh, throughout this series is michael's writing there is a real um considering it's it's one voice this is mm. going to be hard to explain but one writer doing a lot of several different stories and it, it feels like someone like just trying their hand they they've got like one ongoing tale and they're doing lots of different sort of tales of horror um with a bit of sci-fi um there is erotica in there as well um, and they're just trying their hand and they're just testing things out and there's the, the art styles are different as well so it's got a different f feel throughout and it feels like someone really honing their craft and I certainly see there's different flavours to the stories 
but I can still tell it's that writer. It's hard to explain. It doesn't. It, what I mean by that, that's a positive. What I mean is this: this writer has a voice. It doesn't sound like the same thing going through, but the, the quality is pretty consistent in in the writing throughout. And there's lots of different artwork as as well. There's a the main story, which is the falling fallen angel, uh, is very much a sort of it's a trippy, dreamlike, um, psychosexual. There's a little bit of a it, it, when the arc starts off. There's a bit of bondage in there and <laughs> BDSM going going on. <laughs> it immediately sort of starts What's you BDSM? off. BDSM. Uh, Dan can tell you after the show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that starts off with a bit of uh, violence as well. But it's um, it's a little bit of kinkiness in it, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> right, okay, okay, this is." Where it... But then you discover that this. Um, oh, you this... didn't read this on the Global Comics this... app. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are previews for this book on the Global Comics app. Oh, uh, no, it's right. Uh, good yeah, stuff. yeah. He says he's. Uh, Mark says on the website that. Um, he's sort of taken the full comics off, and you can read them as sort of previews, and then follow them up with him personally which is also a good way to go you can put your previews on yeah, yeah. there on the website yeah. and then go through um yeah so if, if i take the fallen angel first it's it is almost like a, a character that is taking they're, they're taking on these monsters and demons and uh in this weird post-apocalyptic type land and the first issue ends with this figure sort of Dressed up, looking looking badass, and about to head off and fight the monsters. In the second issue, you don't really see much of like fighting. There's a lot of there is nudity in this, folks. It is NSFW. I did say that right. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and writing this down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There are. I mean, Tony, there, there's a decent boob content. Oh, nice. Here for you. You see yeah. both at once, or just a side? Both. Both. You see a bit of oh, everything, my friend. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Not everything. Um, but this, it's but those, hole. but those sort of tales are. This is one of the things that caught me, is those sort of tales are sort of mixed up with almost like some straight, sort of, sort of either Twilight Zone like horror or some sort of gory horror or there's like a, there's almost a slasher type tale in the first one. So totally, and and because some of them are full color. And some of them are black and white. There, it, it does sort of jump about a little bit for me. Okay. Um, in terms of every, everyone's putting in the work on on this book, and I will say that. Um, I think it just needs a little bit of refining and polish. Um, and I think the order. This is going. This is this is going to sound like a real sort of nerdy design type bit, but. The Fallen Angel character is so strong, and that story is so strong. And in fact, it is the cover of issues one and two. Um, I th- and and it's a full color have strip. It up front. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Have the you books. Got, you got to have it front. Have yeah. Yeah. in both issues. It's the last tale. Right now, yeah. I can I can probably Michael I can probably understand why you know you've like it's almost have the headliner on at the end of the set. Do you know what I mean? It's that sort of build up to it. But I think with comics there is that I think It's the reverse for comics, I find. Yeah, you want to front load it. You want your real sort of like here's your especially if it's the comic cover and it seems like issue one and two, I I get the feeling that this character will be the cover of ongoing issues. 
So it makes sense to have the Fallen Angel story front load it right at the front just get get them in and also the the artworks it's so visually striking anyway that you'll open it from page one and as soon as you see a, <laughs> someone getting beaten up by what looks like a bondage mistress you'll be like what on earth is this i'm reading um so it'll grab people's attention on the friday then, night yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of the other stories that there's a couple of other tales that are ongoing there's one called grave and there's one called Rocketto Man. Um, the Rocketto Man for me was the weakest of the lot. Um, okay. And it, this is also partly, I think, because the, in the first issue, the tale is like five pages long. And there's no, I know there's uh, basically about a cosplayer at a convention. They meet a sexy lady, go back to their hotel room. Strangeness ensues. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I just say it's not safe for work. Um, <laughs> but in the first issue, it's like five pages, and then the, the conclusion to it is nine pages. The first part felt kind of like I read it in like no time. It almost felt like it would, you know, because there's lots of art there, but I don't know, I felt like there could have been a bit more substance to it. The payoff in issue two at the end was quite cool i quite like you know where it ended up i was like oh that's quite a, <laughs> a weird and crazy and just a twisted idea but the story probably could have been four or five pages shorter with just a bit of tightening up and maybe maybe crunching some of the pages condensing some of these pages in a little bit Crunch, um, yeah, yeah. yeah um and I, th- I think this is something that certainly some indie comics and small press anthologies not um, not suffer from that that sounds negative but taking a long t- doing a bit of cinematic pacing instead of comic book pacing yeah yeah, I, yeah 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 totally yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like we've talked before about like you know some of the older comics like they had four pages and they got an entire story done like bam 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 there's a lot on the page but i i think some small press anthologies would benefit from just absolutely packing yeah packing man. the pages um because also, four, if you're writing a four-page story, it needs to have fucking plenty in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was um, very insubstantial, isn't it? Yeah, and I think um, that tale was nine pages. It could have been probably six, six. Okay, and maybe, yeah. maybe there's some of the, the. I mean, the, the artwork's good, but there are some pages where. There's not much going on in terms of the background or things like that. So maybe if you condense the pages a little, little more, get a bit more in there, it'll fill some of those gaps, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's something we do see with some sort of indie comics and small press comics, especially the, with those artists with clean lines. If there's not much, if there isn't a background in there, you have an awful lot of space. And like sometimes if you've got like a, just say you've got a quarter of your page, and this doesn't happen in this book. This is just an overall thing I'm saying. If you've got a quarter of a page of someone walking down a hotel corridor, but the hotel corridor looks quite bland and quite blank, mm. you know, I think they've got a fit, and, but there's no real speech bubbles and there's no real narration going over it. Why, yeah, is, that in, pan- why is that panel? Yeah. In, in a um, four-page comic, that's like, yeah, that's using up so much yeah, real estate yeah, yeah, and does yeah. nothing. And also, if you're, if you're a writer paying for an artist, that's a lot of money just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you just get rid of um, so but that tale although I wasn't a big fan of it to begin with had a good payoff 
Um, there's some other stuff. There's um, a little off the top, which is the first one of, of the first um, issue, is quite a hyper detailed, a grisly little sci-fi barbershop tale, mm. um, which which does its job. There was a couple of um, plot holes, well, plot points. Uh, I thought, why did that work? But I thought, no, why am I fucking just questioning this? It's it's like a short in an anth- in an anthology. We just want yeah. it, you just want it hit, don't you? You don't want to. <laughs> what's what's the point of questioning these things? Um, Wrecked, which is uh, the second story, that was quite cool. There was there was sort of moments of a almost a bigger character within that one. It was a, a group of characters right. who come who are sort of partying. I think they're they're going to like a not necessarily a prom, but they're going to some sort of dance. Um, and there's a almost a slasher-like tow truck character within it. That that was fascinating to me, that, you know, partly because it played to the, the sort of horror genres that I love. I was like, oh, yeah, what's this? So I, I think there could be more done with that. Um, but if you do, I, I would say do check this out, because in, term, in terms of anthologies, um, Michael's doing some really interesting stuff. Um, I don't always read stuff that's, uh, in the words of Tony Esmond, a little bit saucy. And uh, and there's de- there, there's definite source within this. The, yeah, there's definite source within <laughs> this in this book. Um, but you should, I, th- I think, if you see Epic of Darkness, definitely give it a go because um, there's a lot of interesting ideas going on here, and a lot of uh, interesting artists trying different techniques. I like that Michael's really trying different sort of artistic voices to go throughout as well. And uh, yeah, but I think you know, maybe polish up a little bit the. I mean, the inside cover as well. Um, there is some back matter, some notes in the back matter about the, the story as well, which is quite interesting. So, if you want to know more about his process and what he was thinking from issue to issue, that's a nice touch. I, I quite like getting a little bit of insight into issues that that indie creators make. Um, but everything else, at some point we talk about lettering in indie comics sometimes got no issues with that everything was everything was clean clear i knew exactly where i was there wasn't there wasn't any moments that i was just a little bit lost just maybe a, a little tightening here and there of some structure or story and just a as Sander tony just reorganizing it so if you've yeah. got a, if you've got a banner figure we, we talked a lot about that with hidden lives and the hawk mm. chronicles and we be um yeah. about the the running order of it it's important mm. tonally oh, totally. visually yeah. Yeah. From, from a color point of view we talked about the color point of view for last week didn't we yeah uh, you're gonna if you be careful about having two black and if you're a mixture of color and black and white stories be careful about putting two black and white stories next to each other totally. yeah, that's important yeah. as well yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a real yeah. it's a real jigsaw sometimes yeah. in anthology, isn't it? And I, I yeah. think yeah, both of the um issues have start with a black and white story. One of them, the best we can do in it in issue two, has a little bit of colour in it, but it's mainly a black right. and white story. And I think it probably benefits in the classic the way that manga comics do it the first couple of pages or you know those uk weeklies used to have the first pages of a, of a strip or color front load your comic you know if you if you're going to have color in it put it at the front make it a big yeah. make yeah, a big yeah. song and dance out about it um i think so yeah. it's it's well worth checking out i'm i'm looking forward to seeing uh, what comes next you know certainly if these it feels like these characters you know, some of these characters are moving on we talked about this last week, didn't we? It feels we feel like we're back in the era of anthologies again. It was yeah, a, it was a sparse. It was swings around, didn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it's I, a good way I, to build a community, get a bit of enthusiasm yeah. going, you know. Yeah. And I think it's a. I like that. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know the necessary backstory of this, Michael, but I like that you've chosen to just to be like to do an anthology for yourself to try some different mm. things, you know, rather yeah, than, rather good. than rather than have your stories. These could have been stories that appeared in anthologies all over the world that we won't necessarily know about. I've seen them all in one place. I've seen all of your work in one place. It, I think that's something that some creators. So, is it? It's all written by him, is it? All written by him, with different artists and, on each. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, okay, I'm, I think isn't that technically a collection then? Uh, I've got a feeling if it's one, uh, one maybe with different art with different artists, and maybe it's an anthology. I'll have to uh, check. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I, yeah. I think it's an anthology format. Yeah, it is a it's format. A, yeah, yeah, I think with different yeah. artists, I think that still counts. But if you did. Yeah. Um, I was chatting to Falpi about this. So if he he's doing an anthology, it's just him writing and drawing. I think that then becomes a collection. Mm. Okay. So I mean, from a sort yeah, yeah, of yeah, publishing yeah, yeah. point of view, but yeah, yeah I think that still yeah. is an anthology. Yeah. Um, but uh, definitely go to rainingroadmedia.com to find out more. Um, he's going to he's coming to fund my comic on July the thirteenth. Um, oh, what's which, that? Crowd uh, crowdfunding. It's site. a new website called Fund My Comic. So we need okay. to oh, okay. find out about this. Um, and he's just someone just pounding the pavement and just trying to make indie comics. So thank Doing you very comics. much. Yeah, nice work. Thank you for sending yeah. your comic in, Michael. Always commendable. Um, I look forward to seeing what's coming next. Okay, cool. you can fight over who wants to go next. So I go. I've got. I've actually got a longer one than I've got a two short ones. So should I do my longer one? Then you can do yours, Dan, and I'll finish us up with the okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two short ones. So my next one is Bubbles issue eighteen. I've been meaning to give Bubbles another shout for a while. I've had this in my bag for a while, um, but. Most importantly, I'm giving it a pimp because now it's more easily available in the UK, specifically through Third Bear Press is the easiest place for people outside of London, outside of Gosh to get it. Um, gone are the days now of having to spend massive postage from the US. I used to really enjoy getting bubbles, but it used to cost me a lot of fucking 15 quid to get it posted. Um, and it's more now. So you can get it. Um, it's quite cheap. Um, you can get it from Third Bear Press. It's um, very straightforward, fanzine kind of format, A4 magazine size, um, black and white. Uh, the simple paper stock for cover and interior is the same um, same as it ever was to be fair and it's been going surprisingly I think Bubbles has been going about five years now it's a long time yeah because um, yeah. it kind of we kind of talk about it as being the new hotness but it has been about for a while now it's a, it's again unlike Strangers which is his sort of counterpart Strangers is, has more comics in it this is much more sort of commentary and interview focused but it does have a couple of short comics in it Brian Baines uh, who runs it he gives a lengthy intro about what he's been up to and then you get six pages. And, and this is kind of where I really dig it. One of the reasons I really dig it is you get Bubbles Reader's Top Comics of 2022. And um, I was pleased actually reading through this. that it, It's got a lot of comics that we've talked about on here. Um, um, certainly that we've talked about on here during the last sort of 12, 18 months. Um, featuring Julie Doucette. We've talked about her. Noah Van Skyver. We've talked about him. Uh, Tezuka. Osamu Tezuka gets a mention. We obviously concentrate on him during um, Manga Month. Anton Cosse, I've talked about him. We have crickets from Sammy Harkin gets a quite a few mentions within this these sort of lists. So it's six pages of different people writing in and giving their top ten comics, which is lovely. You know, and there's a lot of other hotness going on in this. Um, Power Wash by Josh Pettinger, we talked about him. Cancor, remember we talked about Cancor a couple of years ago now by Matthew Allison. Um, Keeping Two by Jordan Crane. And obviously, clearly, because I'm an absolute egomaniac, um, um, our comic Hidden Lives gets mentioned in there in a top ten list as well, which is very Mendable and uh, had me very excited and buying two copies. Um, there's a, a great interview with Charles Forsman. Uh, he talks a lot about his 
comics life and growing up and everything. But he does talk about the New York Ninja comic that we talked about a few months ago. Yeah. Um, we get to hear about some of his earlier mini comics as well. There's an interview with Barbara Brandon Croft. Drawn a quarterly DNQ have collected her where I'm coming from newspaper strips, which look pretty interesting um, for a sort of gender, um, racial, political kind of um, stories. There's an interview. They do an interview with quite a lot of manga translators in this. There's a couple of really notable ones through the history of bubbles, but this is an interview, uh, interview with the translator of Manwa, which is um, Korean comics. Um, so that loads of stuff in there I ain't heard of. You know, I just want to track down now. There's some great stuff going on in Korea. Really good. I mean, Korea's kind of the hotness for TV, music, and comics seemingly at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the pages I really <coughs> historically with this magazine that I tend to pour over, there's a couple. There's funny and peculiar things that they bought on eBay from just fucking bizarre vinyl toys through to strange comics, vintage posters, you know, this sort of thing. And then there's the comics you should read section. Um, some of them I've heard of, some of them I've read but loads that I haven't. There's 35 different recommendations in this comic. And there have been bubbles, been of that kind of comics with an X underground outlaw kind of area, um, you know, some of the crazy manga stuff. There's a lot of stuff in here that is absolutely gold for me. You know, I just really want to track it down. And we're going straight, straight to see if I can find copies of it. Um, still the cutting edge, still that along with strangers, still the place to go if you want to know about the coolness in um, comics. They're very much the cool kids of the comic industry. Or the comics community, I suppose we call it now, don't we? Um, if you want to get a copy, they've got um, numerous copies over at thirdbearpress.com. Um, and you can go and back, as uh, I think you mentioned boxes earlier, didn't you, Dan? You can go yes. back, back to Third Bear Press Anthology themselves. They've got an anthology going called um, Boxes over on Kickstarter. So you can do both those things. But yeah, Bubbles is always a place still to go and look to see what's hot, what's current, what's interesting, what's a little bit different, what's taking chances. And, and I like it for that. There you go. That's my second one, Bubbles. Nice, Dan. I had an, another Kickstarter through from uh, the Tribute Press Boys. Oh, hey. uh, sorry. Thank you, Basement 1 and 2. I was a bit kind of behind the rest because uh, I had this sent to my office. Uh, if that was wise or not, I don't know. But uh, so I obviously got it sent to the home. I got, I got it sent to my office. So uh, I, I think I've read Day Basement 1, but I ordered it again. So. I think what happened, man, is we we kind of repurposed a story that had been on the Patreon, uh, um, and that it. made it into issue one. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. yeah, Flesh and Ink, one of our Flesh and Ink stories, kind of like a special we did. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I uh, read through issue two today, and it's like the who's who of the uh, the, the tribute press verse. You've got Adam Felt, Cliff Clumber, uh, Matt Greaves. I've not come across... Uh, yeah, he does some good stuff, man. You'd like yeah. his stuff. Yeah, 4P, yeah, yeah. Jake Matt, yeah, Matthew, Matthew, and his yeah, yes, good. absolutely love it. The uh, Sam Dixon one—that's T. Esmond, obviously the, the, <laughs> the, the, the helm. Uh, the first one uh, is fucking gold. The this is a banana. <laughs> I love that. I love that how colourfully made that man. It's yeah, just mad, it, it absolutely yeah. just explodes that one. It's like it's full bleed. The uh, the the final like pages where they go into like the scrap with a banana, and, and throughout it's just absolute like anarchy and madness for each story. Is it, the thing is that. Like, the thing with me, me and Falpi often talk about it is like there's some there's some crazy stuff going on in them. But what we're trying what we're trying to say in that is people argue over fucking nothing when the yeah. most important things are ignored. Yeah. So you have got this massive tear up over whether you should stick a banana up your ass or eat it. And yeah. you know the, the most the more important things of the world are just being fucking ignored. Left. And that is basically the whole of the world at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh... You know? One of the things today that sort of moan about that they said like there's gonna be a hosepipe ban 
and it was like they said <laughs> the water companies like some houses didn't have water for like five days because of it and it's like well hold on you're correlating two fucking things there like the hosepipe ban and those houses not having water is because you fucked up and didn't you do your job properly it's nothing to do with why you got to turn the hosepipe bans on anyway <laughs> yeah. they, they focus on the wrong things like this kind of everything gets uh, conflated into yeah. oh but what about this the what yeah. about world love it don't they yeah yeah uh the one i was going to suggest to you is like uh people can't understand modern politics unless it's explained to them via the medium of a, a, a 80s cartoon <laughs> so it's like, i don't really understand this yeah imagine megatron said yeah or scooby-doo is... did this yeah yeah, yeah. then that's oh yeah i get it now so yeah. <laughs> that's the... I, I love the absolute bookends with the uh cliff doing them it's fucking We're mad great. isn't it yeah you yeah. had to reduce the size of my penis in that one as well <laughs> but like Sorry. finally you're a real man mac him face fall off <laughs> so gal makes a little uh yeah yeah <laughs> There's a clash in the beginning bit where uh, Esmond takes on Seagal and uh, it's actually Adam Falp in disguise. It's uh, great. Oh, it's only me, Tony, trying out my uh, Steven Seagal, new Steven Seagal cosplay. You've really, you've really got to go and check this comic out. It's awesome. And if, if it ends up with the uh, the Bob Dylan, fuck you, yep. Bob Dylan strip. Fuck you, Bob Dylan. Um, I'd, li- yeah. I'd like to make that last panel a little t-shirt. I think we'd, we'd like that. Fuck you, Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's because really? that comes because Falpy said to me, "Can you uh, can you write? Do you like Bob Dylan?" I said, "Yeah, I fucking love Bob Dylan." I told you, and he goes, oh, "All right, can you write a comic?" So I wrote a three page about Bob Dylan fucking burying us in a curry house because we eat mild curries. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> he says, "I'll have a tie." You, you have some real weird and fever and dreams, don't you, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that still that panel is the one that I live to write. That one where it's, um, the waiter comes over and goes, "What do you like, gentlemen?" I said. I'll have a I'll have a white wine spitz, spritzer and uh, Falby goes I'll have a Tizer. Tizer. <laughs> a curry house having a Tizer. <laughs> Gold, yeah, love it. Yeah, there you go. So go Thank check you, out. Uh, I really appreciate that. More stuff in tribute. Like just uh, brilliant. I, I love it all the time. Thanks, man. I can't, I can't cool. wait to oh. have my brain and morals ruined when I. Uh... <laughs> I'll come around. The oh, um. Oh, uh... And read so the comments. Should I do two quickie reviews? Yes, yes, yes. So I got two Colossive cartographies through from Jane and Tom yesterday, our buddies, over nice. at Colossive Press. Um, for, the, for those that don't know what they are, go back and listen to um, the interview we did with the guys that love them. Talk yeah. about solid, putting out something original, constant, you know, something interesting. They do it from their house. It's lovely, and uh, a lot of our buddies have been it. Sarah, t- Tim Bird, they've, they've published a lot of different people. Um, so these are two issues, 40, or numbers 47 and 48. The new golem is from um, a guy or person called Lior Locker, L-I-O-R Locker, L-O-C-H-E-R. Um, it's like a brass rubbing cross with an existential crisis with a little bit of um, uh, Eric Von Daniken in it somewhere. It's, uh, it's a strange one. You've got to see it to, to know what it's about. And 48 is Pandora's Box from Michelle Freeman. It's a little sort of postmodern explanation of Pandora, Aphrodite, and Athena, um, which is gorgeously drawn. Um, so what that, what they are is these glossive cartographies. They're kind of folding, so they're sort of cardish out outers. You open them up, and they open up. There's a special. What did he call it? What did Tom and what did Tom and Jank? Was it a Dutch fold? I can't remember what it's called now. But yes, it's a specific God, yeah. fold, isn't mm-hmm. it? And you open it up, and it, 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 it fans out into being a lovely piece of art and. People make the most of it. They draw on the outsides and the little folds, and yeah, they're good. Um, go to Colossive, C-O-L-O-S-S-I-V-E, Colossive.com. You can go to Colossive Press and get a copy of that as well. 
um yeah good stuff there you go mm, oh nice. and they also sent me through the um they always send you a little postcard so i've got the colossus manifesto um and they hey, there you go and that, that that some great tips on that yeah it did yeah 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 choose nice. one to choose one to, to eight gone somebody say a number four four find something you love doing and find a way to carry on doing it no matter what. Yeah, and that's their fourth yeah, piece of advice. One, one, one from you, V. Seven. Seven is don't overthink it, get on with it and finish it. There you go. Yeah, words yeah. to live by there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Stuff. And uh, mind, words, words to live by and comics to check out. We hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. It's been thoroughly informative. I hope uh, you've learned. Amusing. Uh, amusing. It's, this show's got everything, hasn't it? We, apart, uh, apart, apart from like quality presenters, the, the best. I know he's going to cut that bit out. <laughs> he's cut that bit out. So we we not submarines that had jokes on the head. Oh, yeah, we did the submarine joke, it. didn't we? It's, yeah, yeah. it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. There you go. Um, and the listeners, the after will, hours, the listeners will never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but what, or, what... Hear, or hear that joke I told before he started? Yeah. But what they should know is they should know more about comics and they should yes. uh, let us know what they want us to talk about. And there's several different ways you can get in touch with the show. You can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at the awesome pod. Well, we'll be, we'll be comics positive, retweeting good stuff, yeah. uh, stuff you yeah. check out. Or if someone just says something that's nice about the comics medium, then we will shout about it. Mm, um, yeah. We don't care who you are, where you're from. You want your comic, giving a shout out, give us a shout and we'll help. Yeah. 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 Um, and we also have the comics, the awesome comics podcast Slack group. Join it. There's a wonderful community of people on there. It's growing all the time, and it's just get on that memes channel. But it's it's love it. It's not. <laughs> this is, this isn't a hard sell. I'm ju- I'm just going to drop in, you know, promote my stuff and jump out. This is a wonderful community of people that want to talk about comics mm. and yeah. like, and it's just great there. So get in touch with us to find out how to how to join and jump in. And uh, thank you for listening to us, whether it's on the website, awesomecomics.podbean.com. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, just leave us a nice review. It helps get the word out about the show and everything we talk about. You know, and gets us into the charts. I don't know if charts are a thing. I might one one day, like, to be absolutely shameless, get the link to our show and then go on like the social and say, look, give us a review. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, review a comic. That, yeah. that really <laughs> <laughs> absolutely shameless. Um... Yeah. <laughs> But if you listen to us on any other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, one of the networks we want, Tony? We're on the pod. I'll have another milkshake, please, Governor. <laughs> Not the ones he's talking about. We don't want one of them. Uh, and if them. you if you want to know what it is, then you'll have to bump into us at a comic convention and Tony will tell you about it. We'll come to the drink and drawers where I tend to sell, yeah. as Gareth puts it, one story that makes everyone wince. Yeah. Always. Guarantee. Guarantee. <laughs> And uh, we are guaranteeing that if you join us next week, you'll hear more great comic book chatter and uh, lots of stuff to talk about in the upcoming weeks and lots of uh, yeah, exciting, uh, exciting mm. guest topics. Got a big show coming up. And also our birthday show is coming up. Yeah. So if you want us to... Two weekends time. If you yeah. want to ask us a question, then just send us an email. Some jelly and ice cream. Oh, musical chairs. I love, I love jelly and ice cream. Make musical it. chairs I don't think is going to work on the audio format. No. No, we'll have to think about that. We come I, play, again, I usually play that to get someone to sit on my lap. Okay, so <laughs> thank you for listening, everyone. I'm not falling for that game again, Tony. <laughs> See where this goes. Musical chairs in the dark. It's no. like, <laughs> yeah. Lord.
No. Tony's sitting on one of the chairs. What? That's why I have to have flies on my because that's why I have buttons on my fly because they're less noisy, aren't they, when it's dark? Well, it all depends. Sometimes it's very difficult. To... Anyway, um, we've got really dark now. That's because yeah. we switched the lights yeah. off. Yeah. Um, for more high quality comic content, join us next week. Where can people find us? Until then, online, etc. Tony, neveranything.com. Nice, damn. You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic. I have cut down on my Twitter usage, so fear not. Uh, but you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. It's there, there's, I know I've been fucking banging that drum. We've got some dynamite pages coming up. Mm. You're really going to like it. Nice. Did, animations we did have, as well, going well, man. Yeah. We did have to say goodbye to a fan favourite this week, so apologies to that character going. So. Broke, broke a lot of hearts. <laughs> I did. Yeah. That's, that's, that's down for there, you there's more coming and you can oh god and uh, you can follow me on social media at Jester Diablo thank you very much for listening as always folks we truly appreciate it and wherever you are in the world we hope you're doing okay you're happy healthy reading comics that just make you happy and uh, we love yeah. you very much don't we Dan yeah oh yeah yeah Tony what you, you <laughs> say it say you love them no, save it for the it. big show, the birthday show. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll save yeah, it for then. I'll save yeah. something yeah. special that I'll save oh, for the big show. Wow, I'm excited and we hope you are too. <laughs> so until then, have a great week. And from Dan, Tony and myself in Awesome Pod Towers, read loads of comics, keep making loads of comics. And uh, oh, someone else well, it's, it's deleted on my script. What, what should they do, guys? Stay, Stay awesome. awesome. See ya. See you later. Bye.